0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, that was a bad day for injuries right there. Drew Brees is out for six weeks. Ben Roethlisberger is out for the entire season. He needs elbow surgery. Bad day. Bad day for some stars. And a bad day for the Jets as they got thumped by the Browns 23-3. to I have to be honest with you. I didn't watch it. It didn't interest me. Just... I just can't care. Sorry. Sorry, Jets. You know what does interest me? The college football games the local teams are playing this weekend. This is an awesome weekend. BYU having lost to the Utes and beaten USC, also gone to Tennessee and win. Now they get a third Pac-12 team, a fourth Power 5 team in a row. Can they handle 22nd-ranked Washington? On top of that, you got the Aggies with their conference opener at San Diego State. You got the Utes with their conference opener at USC. Those are three quality games. Any one of those could be the best game of the weekend. The fact that we have them all on the same weekend, yes, please. Thank you. I'm in. I'm in. And I like the way they're spread out, too. You got a Friday night game with the Utes, you got a Saturday afternoon game with the Cougars, and then you got a Saturday night game with the Aggies. They don't overlap. I can watch them all, and I plan to. All right, it's Tuesday morning. It's time to hear from the coaches. Let's start with Gary Anderson, Aggie head coach with PK and I on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good. How do you spend a Saturday during a bye week? Are you sitting there watching film of uh, future opponents? Are you sitting there watching bonus film of high school recruits? Are you peeking at your buddies in the coaching profession and their big games and seeing what's going on?
1: Uh, watched some football. Actually, I spent a lot of time Saturday down at uh, the house in Salt Lake, kind of you know, doing a little yard work and things, things I like to do. And kind of did the same thing yesterday morning, and then come came into work. But uh, watched some football, took care of some things around the house, and uh, it's a good weekend. Hung out with the grandkids, so po- all positive things. It was a good week of football.
2: Yeah, so now you got the conference starting, and you you'll interrupt it later on. But for now, uh, the conference games, and, and you know each one of these things are so huge. Especially, you know, you want to get off to the right start, and it's like you're in the same boat, like uh, you know, with the Utes playing a big name in your conference. How do you get the guys emotionally ready, but make sure that it's not overly emotionally ready because this is big if you get it, but you still have seven more in the case of the Pac-12. You've got eight more
1: yeah um i I agree with exactly what you're saying as far as making sure that the kids understand it it is a conference game um we need to understand the importance of the conference games. we talk about them all year long, but not also putting too much on it to say you know the it's the first conference game. I don't want them to react like uh Oh, it's the first game of the year again. Uh, we've played a couple games. We know who we are. We know what we're about. We have a better feeling of who we are, and um, it's 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 always a little bit more when you're playing those conference games because that uh, meaningful thing that you're fighting for at the end, of, which we're all fighting for, is a championship. And uh, you know you have to win those conference games, and uh, you know, a very competitive conference this year. Every win is uh, is a huge one. So uh, you know it'll be business as usual, but hopefully it will have a little more edge to them. Um, and and I think. This this group of kids will. They came here this morning and and were very excited about uh, you know getting back and watching this last game the San Diego State played.
0: How much can you learn from that because they're playing New Mexico State and you know I I hear you you and Kyle and Kalani have talked together so much and now you've all got your separate press conferences but you say a lot of the same stuff and you all say things like well we want to make them. One-dimensional, because then they're much easier to defend. Well, it's Rocky Long, and he's over there waving, hey, we're one-dimensional, we're just going to run it, and yet it works for him. So how much do you learn when they decide to run all night against New Mexico State?
1: Well, you know, they've they've definitely... Um Adjusted philosophies. I wouldn't say change, but they've adjusted philosophies within their offense. First snap of the year against Weber State, they were an empty, um, and definitely wanted to hang more in eleven personnel with three wide receivers, one back, and that's a that's a pretty major departure for San Diego State of the past. You know, last year their their main groups were uh, two tight ends on the, on the least on the field, and and oftentimes more. Um, uh, with uh, two tight ends and two backs on the field for a lot of what they did a year ago, so they've they've adjusted towards that a little bit. I think they've got to know the personality of the team, the dimension of their team, understanding where they're going. Uh, Rocky is a great uh, defensive coordinator, had great success as a head coach. I got a ton of respect for him way back to the New Mexico days, and uh, they're going to do what's best for their football team. I think that's what they've done. You know, they ran the ball very successfully uh, in their in their two back stuff and. Um, you know, it's not really a true fullback. It's number 82 back there, and he's a fullback slash tight end, so they can even be more diverse with him in the game. So I think they've found their personality. If they want to run the football, play action pass. Yes, get into some three wide receivers on the field, but we want to smash you. We want to wear you out. And in the fourth quarter, we want to overwhelm you, and our defense is going to be very aggressive, take some chances, and we'll make uh, big plays on that side of the ball and, and give the ball to our offense in a good position, which happened in this last game. You know, first play of the game, there's a fumble. New State fumbles at it. It's first and 10, or excuse me, first and goal on the two-yard line. Uh, same Diego State scores, and then they at another time they got the ball um, about the 20-yard line going in, um, and their defense set them up again for another score. So uh, that's their recipe for success. Hasn't changed much respect. You know, Brady Hoke's there. They got good coaches on that staff. Horton is the uh, w- offensive coordinator, so uh, they know what they're doing. They're experienced guys.
2: So in league play, you know, you basically, to some exceptions with the crossovers now with the with the divisions, but you're basically playing the bulk of your schedule. You're playing these teams every year, and there's all sorts of familiarity. You were in it years ago, then you got out of it. Now you're back in it again. Is it more of a challenge to reacquaint yourself with these teams that are on Utah State schedule every year, since you hadn't played them a number of years when you were doing the other stuff?
1: Yeah, it's different. It's a, to go back, and I, I really try to study that along with the coordinators and and the rest of the coaches during the summer and uh, take a look and see. You know, Air Force. Everybody just says Air Force is Air Force. Well, you know, Air Force. They're not just Air Force anymore. What they used to be, they have much more, much more offense. Um, yes, it bases on the triple option, and they want to still do those things. But they've got a lot of offense that they have, and um, which you could have seen in that last game when they played last week in Nevada. Is much different than they used to be. They still want to have some pistol influence and in those things, but it's still different from Coach All back in the day. And um, so yes, it's. Uh, I think we've reacquainted ourselves with this league. Um, with those teams from the old days back in the whack and uh, the teams that weren't in the whack at that point and, um, you know, tried to uh, understand who we are, who's Wyoming now. Um, so, yeah, that education has gone on, but now obviously you focus more on it week by week when you're in the season.
0: How are you going to handle the uh, running back spot going forward with Jalen Warren and Gerald Bright? It seems like you can get production out of both guys. It looks to me like you'll split it, but probably more Warren than Bright, but maybe you'll level it out 50-50. Where's that headed?
1: Well, I think it just really depends on the game. On opportunities knocked, they've both taken advantage of it. And you know, Jalen's hit a couple big runs, um, and uh, has done a nice job hitting the creases. And you know, the big one he had last week was, uh, let's <clears throat> see, well. DJ, you probably wouldn't have made it PCAM saying you get right to about the five-yard line before you get caught. So, that, I mean, okay. that was a that was big, big old hole that he hit the nice crease there and did. That's a great job by Jalen, but the offensive line of tight ends did a tremendous job on that play. So they're both going to be uh, starting backs for us in my mind, and we need them both to be starting backs. I think both those kids envision it in their mind that they, uh, you know, they're going to get their opportunities, and it's, uh, it's not really a starting running back. It's uh, our two starting running backs, and we feel very good about that at this point.
0: Wait, I'm not clear. I would have scored, I no, would not have no, scored. No,
1: I think you would have got caught a little yeah. bit sooner.
0: Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Follow Tell it. him about the foot race in Denver. Tell him. Oh, I let him win one time. Oh.
1: <laughs> that's that hey, that's <laughs> all that I can go is by what I what I would really think. So I just I'm sorry to be truthful. But so be as I tight, pulled
0: away but, from him, he stopped running, yeah. so I stopped. Then he tried a sneak attack to run and I blew away and just pulled away from him again, at which point he yelled. Help! Police, stop! That man has my wallet. <laughs> At about 500 decibels on a main drag in Denver, I had to stop. Now, what some would guy happen? What me. would
1: happen if we had to add a change of direction, a quick, sudden change of direction into that movement? Be uh, bad. I'd have blown my Achilles. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's. Uh, I feel the same way. Yes, and that's the way There's running no backs sharp, have no to
2: do. Direction. You're right. It's not just a. <laughs> it's not a race. I mean, you, no,
0: no, no. I'm very Herschel Walker. you're Power speed, and speed. No change of direction.
2: So I, I understand all that. You know what. I remember when Bronco became the head coach you know when he was an assistant coach obviously he was ahead of he was in charge of the defense and he was always worried about uh, statistics and I remember one year when they went down to the Coliseum he, in the offseason we held SC to the fewest total yards they had all season and it was like a feather in his cap then they lost the game obviously but when they came when he became the head coach he said, I don't, I don't really care about that. I just care about whether we won or lost. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only thing that matters. All these other things, uh, they don't matter as much. Is is that your mindset as the head coach versus being an assistant coach to take big picture to make sure that the team is doing everything it can to win the game and not necessarily get caught up in little individual things along the way?
1: Oh, I think that's a big that's a big part of it. Um, And I I always try to really honestly feel like that, even as a coordinator. And and you still want to look at the numbers as you go through time. And, um, you know, after two weeks, numbers don't really mean anything. Um, It's when you get into – Enough of a uh, enough snaps out there to to justify you know getting some real numbers that are quality. But you want to look at yourself and see you know are you are you really playing within the personality of your team? If you see yourself as a as a smash mouth running team or a physical team, or you want to be 50 50 run to throw, you know what's dictating those numbers to be up or down in a good way or a bad way? What's your yards per carry? You know what's uh, what's your yards. Per pass attempt, which is the biggest thing to me, it's not ter- per completions, it's per pass attempt because that's what moves the chains. I think those things are important on offense and defense to study and look at those things. At the end, yes, it is the final score, but there is something the numbers can help you play within the. Who, what is the personality of that team that year? Because it does change. One year you may have the what you've foresee as a great defense and you may see an offense that has to you know go on the field and grind it out a little bit more that doesn't have the dynamic playmakers and it may flip-flop the next year you may be able to change games on special teams uh in a positive way for you so i think you need to look at it all um as, as a head coach, and uh, you know, I always tried to look at it all as, a, as an assistant coach too, to be able to at least help the team win. But uh, yes, winning is the most important thing. But I, some of those those numbers, I don't study them week in and week out. Like I, I don't sit there and say, oh my goodness, we need to be in the you know the top two in our league on offense or defense. Uh, that that what matters is. Are we scoring enough points to win? Are we converting those third downs? Are we playing within the personality of our offense, within the personality of our defense? That's what I look for in the numbers.
0: I'm curious how much coaches interact during the year. Obviously you know Jay Hill, and obviously the Jay Hill's Weaver State Wildcats played San Diego State a couple weeks ago. And obviously Kalani and BYU playing at the end of the year. Is Jay telling you stuff? Are you and Jay going to be talking to Kalani? How does
1: that work? Yeah, I mean, there's always those, those communication pieces. Uh, just depends on you know the relationship, and uh, there's there's some interesting spots to that. Yeah, if you have common opponent, you're going to sit back, and if there's familiarity within the scheme, and, and talk possibly personnel, and kind of get a you know f- a feel of what the team is that uh, that they competed against, who you've only seen on team, uh, excuse me, on film. Um, and then there's the times when, you know, people play against each other this week. I mean, Coach Chad is obviously a very close friend of mine, and so is Kalani and Eliza, and hired those guys back when, and A-Rod. I mean, those that's it's, it's, not, it's not a lot of fun to sit back and watch that game, in my opinion, when you have staff that are battling out in that situation with the scenarios that the, the that they're in in those, in those big games. So uh, those are harder conversations to have on one side, fun to have on the other, but uh, we do talk scheme as needed when, when we think it can help. I think some coaches are more into that than others.
0: He's Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach. He joins us every week. Uh, good luck this week. We'll be watching the game. Intrigued to see how this plays out, Gary.
1: Yeah, should be a, a very competitive football game. Great Mount West game. Good luck, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Go Aggies.
0: There's Gary Anderson. When we come back, Kalani Sitake. Stay with us.
3: Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Hey, let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: I got to tell you, for weeks, for months, I believe the answer was no. I thought, best case scenario, they start the season two and two. I thought Utah and Washington were the toughest games. And so far, so good. I think, um, you know, this. Uh, you're on the best end, if you're a Cougar fan, you're on the best end of what was possible, 2-1 and one, uh, with the loss to the Utes as I thought um, but I, and I think Washington will win, they're 6.5 point favorites but I can't rule out another win I don't think I'll pick it, I think I'll pick Washington I think I'll go with the Huskies um, but the Cougars got a shot they got a shot, play a turnover free game give yourself a chance, get some takeaways give in the lead, put some pressure on Washington see if pressure cracks them why not? All right, here's Kalani Satake, the Cougars head coach.
4: All right, so here we are again, another week. Um, Looking forward to this matchup against Washington and uh, looking forward to learning from some of the things that we did against uh, USC and uh, we'll go from there. So any questions that you guys have for me?
5: What last two games you've been able to put together rallies in the fourth quarter from fourth quarter deficits? What's kind of been the connecting thread between those two rallies and those two games f- from your team?
4: Our, our players have done an amazing job um, believing in each other and uh, you know just trusting that, that uh, their energy and their, their effort will pay off and so I think that's been the key for us is just uh, the players keep working at it so I, that's a huge um, that's a that's a huge compliment to our guys and, and the way our players take, take control and, and uh, the leadership that we have in this group You said
0: after the game that you maybe got a
5: little dinged up against USC, but played three very physical teams. How are you doing health-wise?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes today. I know there's some guys that, that, um, you know, going into the game, we had some guys that weren't able to perform, and and, um, we had to tap into our depth a little bit, you know. And, and, uh, I mean, that even happened early in the game. After the first game, I think uh, Keenan went out, and so – we we had some guys get banged up, but uh, I thought the guys that stepped in did, a, did an amazing job, and um, the coaches did a great job prepping them for that opportunity, and then uh, they made the most of it. I mean, um, this this week uh, we'll see how it goes, but I, I, I imagine that probably a little bit. We'll see how how it goes, but I, I don't I don't think we we haven't lost anyone for the year. If that answers your question, there. So we're still we're still waiting to see what happens today and tomorrow.
6: Is your team staying? Compared to what you expected, relatively healthy comparatively.
4: Yeah, I, I don't really predict health. I, I okay. just know that the the only thing I can I can really predict is if our depth is ready, you know. And and um, we've learned a lot of from a lot of tough lessons that the depth needs to get better. And as much as you can preach it, it's a, sometimes going through the experience and having guys knowing that they're that close to playing in a game is that's the best lesson of all, you know. So. Um, our guys, I uh, thought they did an amazing job pre- prepping for this game and they trusted the their preparation and it paid off and glad we got the win. But more than importantly, I'm glad our guys learned and improved and that uh, players in our depth chart uh, actually stepped up and made some plays.
6: How did the test from USC stack up compared to the previous two games against power five teams?
4: Yeah. Every game has been, been a, a great um, experience for our guys and opportunities for us to learn, you know, from, uh, regardless of the outcome, there's opportunities for us to improve and get better every week. And uh, I feel like uh, just like a lot of teams in the country, are getting, they're getting better every week. And I felt like we were we're following that that, that trend. And so uh, as long as we can keep getting better every week, and uh, we, we have to play better just because it's more opportunities for us to to, to learn and get better. So that's, that's what we're focused on right now as a group. And uh, really looking forward to the preparation and, and, the, and the excitement of the game. Uh, really get into this today's practice and meetings. Did you
6: have any mentors or people reach out to you to congratulate you? I always
4: do. Yeah, there's always a bunch of text messages where it's Steve Young, Andy Reid, and all the the football alumni and a lot of um, former players that played for me and other schools and <laughs> things like that reaching out. And so uh, I appreciate everybody's um, you know compliments and excitement, and it's been it's been really cool. So uh, always thankful to the connections that I have with a lot of different people, but. Um, fans and staff and faculty all that stuff included it's been, it's been an honor for me so yeah it, it took a while to text everyone back but I did it
6: whether it's been uh, the defense forcing more turnovers or the offense not turning the ball over the last two games what's been the most noticeable reason for that
4: um, I think the players having just been mindful of it I think you talk to them they'll say that, that that's something that we really are um, are pushing as a, as a as a program you know the take care of the football and try to create more turnovers and that's a big part of the game other than the score i think it's really important so um at the same time i want our guys to still be aggressive you know and it's taking necessary risks but we're all still learning and all trying to get better and, and uh, i don't think they need to be perfect when they play the game but uh, and i think there's other ways to make up for mistakes like effort and energy and things like that and i just it's been really cool to see our guys as the players Really at the forefront of it all, and um, I'm having a lot of fun watching them lead and, and grow as, as, a, as, a, as a team.
0: Where, when you look at some of the depth and some of the guys that you know were asked to make plays, who, as you're looking at film, who stood out? Who were some of the guys?
6: Oh, that you
4: were everyone that was on the field. I mean, it's it's um, shoot. I don't know how to explain it, other but, but leaving people out. But we used a, a good number of D linemen Had a lot of linebackers out there making plays. And you probably look at the tackle list and know who who are those guys, right? I think uh, Peyton Wilgar stepped up, Max Tooley, um Kavika Funua had a great game again. And so, um, you yeah, but we had a lot of guys that stepped up. Malik Moore stepped up at safety and Bo Tanner. And um, man, we had a number of guys that played. And I can't name all of our D linemen because that's just too long and a lot of vowels. But <laughs> this is a, which I don't really struggle with, but I just, at this moment it's just not going to be something that I really want to do right now just basically all 12 of those guys did great Two of those Jeff was really
3: creative
5: on all three games offensively is that mm-hmm. coming from him or are you urging him to do
7: that
4: or? oh he's the offensive coordinator so that, that room has tons of uh, experience and they know how to put together a game plan and so uh, I think Grimes does an amazing job at leading that room and uh, he has great input from from all those guys, whether it's Steve Clark or A.J. Stewart or Aaron Roderick or Fessy Satake or uh, Eric Mateos. Those guys um, do an amazing job at, at pitching in and helping with the game plan, and he's doing a great job leading that group. So the guy's defensive
1: one.
5: concepts have evolved quite a bit since when you first got here. What are the reasons for that? Would you agree with
4: that? If the concepts have evolved? Yeah. Probably yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's uh, we're gonna do as much as we can to help uh, us win, you know. But at the same time, focusing on what we can do and what how how much we can execute. I think we have a, a unique type of player here that can probably take on a little bit more in game planning, you know. And so um, uh, we'll see how that continues. But uh, been really pleased with the defense side. I named all the def- the offensive coaches, but it's on, on the did I leave it, leave anyone out on the offensive side? I think I named them all right. AJ, Steve, Steve. Steve, if I forget Fessy, that's okay, but <laughs> <laughs> AJ, Steve, right, um, Mattel, Grimey, um, and A-Rod, and so I think I got the whole room, so that's, on the defensive side, I've been really happy with the coaches there, too, and E2 Yaki's doing an amazing job at defensive coordinator and, and working with a lot of different things and, and the scheme and strategy that he and Ed Lamb and, and you know Preston Hadley and General Guilford the way they collaborate is really good and I've been really happy with our graduate assistants and our, all our analysts that help out so it's been a, a whole team effort and they do an amazing job.
5: When you look at uh, Tyson Williams and, and what he's done offensively you know, and he's had 90 plus rushing yards each of the last two games what impact do you see from a coaching perspective beyond the box score?
4: Um he's a hard worker. I think I mentioned that from day one when he got here that he has this standard that he practices at and that everything that he does is is uh, he's always going 100% and so that's great to have in the room uh, as a reminder and he's a competitive guy so I think uh, it's been really cool to have him you know whether it's the urgency because this is his senior year to, and to get on the field and, and make it work but Whatever comes with his preparation, the way that he is, it's, it's a huge compliment to AJ Stewart for getting ready and Jeff Crimes, but also to his family and, and what he's all about. And he came here with a mission in, in, in mind, and he's been a great addition to our team. Same thing with Soup. You know, we have a lot of guys that I feel are a big part of this team, and they make it work.
6: Who are the Cut. brains behind the, the scrum formation? Who, who's the guy? That- Ed
4: Lamb. Ed Lamb's done that before at Southern Utah, and. Um, I probably need to learn that when the team gets a couple looks at it, probably not to call it again, you know, but um, I can be stubborn at times and, and and I can complain about things like the spot and stuff like that, but it's hard to be a referee and I get it, you know, but uh, yeah, we're all learning, even me as a head coach and so but I can still be stubborn. Sometimes it works out. My wife says hardly ever at all, but I can think of maybe one or two times it's worked out. In and this you, case, it didn't.
2: You're going to give it to Kairos when he turns out?
4: There's so many things we can do with that, with that formation, with that personnel group, and Ed, Ed does an amazing job at getting that group ready and having them all buy into the system. We use um, Kofensis, a quarterback, which is, he's a versatile player and can do a lot of different things, and so... I don't know. We'll see if it has a a role this week or not.
6: What's the potential of guys like Kyrus and Lorenzo in the interior of that defensive line?
4: Those guys are are athletic and they can move and and they're relentless and they have a good coach. And and, uh, he does an amazing job getting them ready. But I've been really pleased with how those guys, their approach to the game and the challenges that we give them. And you ask them to get a pass rush, a three-man rush, and they're up for it, you know. And so... um, they knew that it was going to be tough, but I, th- I thought the guys that are on the field didn't, did a great job, winning the one-on-one battles and trying to collapse the pocket. And it wasn't perfect. There's a lot of room for growth, but we used a lot of bodies, and the guys really went went after. It. And so I'm, I'm really pleased with the way they played the game.
6: What do you see from this Washington team versus the one you saw last year in Seattle?
4: Oh, uh, it's, it's different pieces. To some of the, I mean, there's a lot of returning players too, but there's a lot of different pieces to it, and uh, this is. I have a lot of respect for coach Peterson because he can get that group ready you know that's what they do they they uh guys graduate and get drafted and then they bring more guys in and um and it's like they don't even miss a beat so uh that was a great learning experience for us last year and we're looking to see how much we've learned from that and how much we learned from last week and seeing how we match up I have a, a lot of respect for that program and, and what they've done in in since coach Peterson's been there especially you know and so uh I have, I have a lot of connections, a lot of friends on that staff. They'll have them ready, and it's going to be fun to have them here in Provo. Can
6: we break down Wisconsin Washington? Wisconsin beat you really good here. You made a vow that you'd get better physically, and then you went out there and mm-hmm. won. Well, the, what happened in Seattle last year? Have any bearing in that regard as to how you play this this week?
4: More than anything, had a bearing on how, um, how I, I function as a head coach and what I can do to help my team get better, you know, so – uh, every year is different, but I, I think for us to just keep working with what we got and, and uh, not to give out our plans because I don't want to do that. And, but I just, we have there's a plan in and set, and, and our guys are ready for it. And we're really looking forward to the challenge.
5: Moroni was able to get out there and, and mm-hmm. have a catch on Saturday and give him the injuries that he's gone through. Big deal for him, big deal for the team. What, what dimension does he add to the offense? Given the defensive focus you see on Matt Bushman quite
4: a bit. Well, I mentioned like the urgency that you see from Tyson to get better and to produce and be on the field and to practice. The same goes for all of our seniors. This is their last go, and Moroni fits that, especially because he's been out off the field with injuries and um, the sense of urgency that he wants to be on the field, make plays. and It doesn't mean just catching balls, it's, it's the stuff that he wants to do, little things, blocking and and uh, being part of the group and part of the team it's been been nice to see him uh in that role you know and, and being a leader so i'm um, we've missed him a lot and the fact that we've missed him on the field is what you guys are seeing but uh he's been doing a great job with the other roles that he's that he's been given
6: where do you feel zach's made the biggest improvement for the, through the first quarter of the season from last year
4: he keeps getting better that's just i mean mistakes are part of the game right but he keeps getting better and he's an aggressive player and and um and then he's willing to learn. So that's that's usually a good recipe for success for us, and we're going to keep demanding a lot more from him, but I think he's, no one demands more from him than himself, and that's that's a, a cool thing to watch as he a head coach.
6: He kind of looked like he got banged up towards the end of regulation. He's played obviously in the overtime, but is he mm. in good health right now?
4: We all got banged up, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I got banged up in the mosh pit after everyone rushed the field, and, and I had a smile on my face and walked out of there with a few – the ribs but I'm okay. <laughs> right? So yeah, he, nothing that he can't can't overcome and he's, he's going to be fine.
0: How does Jake, Jacob Eason measure up as a quarterback compared to the other guys you already faced so far this year?
4: Yeah big target um, strong arm and, and uh, let's say he does a good job in his, in his progression and uh, you know if they feel comfortable with him being a quarterback then he must be something special so uh, it's another great challenge for our defense and I'm really excited about the game plan and, and the strategy that we have looking into it, but we are going to have to k- execute on defense and and uh, if we have to go into our depth, then we have to do that and see how they perform. But, yeah, just really excited for this this chance.
0: Knowing how big Eason is, um, other than Kifusi, I'm not sure that anyone's taller than him on your defensive side. Do you have to prepare for that differently, just knowing he's going to have a different
4: view of the field? No, it's not like it, we're going to sit out there and line them up and see who's got the bigger biceps <laughs> and who's <laughs> taller and who's got the wildest hair, so... No, you gonna have to play football. Put a helmet on, you know, and and, and um, we're just gonna have fun with it. I mean, he, we, we, I, I don't know if he can look at it that way, other than we f- we think we have some really good players and some some shorter than others. But Eason, the thing about him is he has a high release point, so you're probably not gonna get a lot of batted balls, but we're still gonna try to bat him down.
0: You're, last couple questions. You recruited Pukanakua here. Mm-hmm. What makes him? different a true freshman i guess is a wide receiver
6: yeah
4: if you have eyes you watched what he did in high school football he's an amazing player great talent i know him um, probably more personally than because i've coached his brothers you know and had kai here and so um so he has that toughness that comes with that family and you know he's just a great kid so just i you know, just uh looking forward to defending all of them and him and ty and all those that are from this area and yeah, just uh, I, I wish them the best, just not this game, you know. But I, it's been fun to watch them on film and stuff like that. And, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll cheer for them after this week, but not, not this week.
6: Much is made about in-state recruits leaving for, for programs like Washington or USC. How important or, or how big is it for your program when you do get those wins like you did last weekend and this opportunity coming up?
4: Just get the guys that fit our program. And, and we as a coaching staff and as a program need to uh, – make sure that we have that mindset of, of introducing our program to others those that may not know much about it but the ones that love BYU we we need to make sure that we we uh, do what we can to get those recruits here but uh, it's a good sign that there's good football and that um, good local talent everywhere you know they're 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 going to a lot of different places so that's a good sign that football is better here with the increased population that Utah has seen so uh, that's a good sign you know but uh, for us, it's just making sure that the guys that, are, that, are, that we recruit, whether they're preferred walk-ons or scholarship guys, fit, fit what we're trying to get done here as a team, and they fit the mission of the school.
0: Last what, question. What's been the feedback for the dancing, specifically from
4: your family? My daughters keep telling me stop dancing, and I told <laughs> them that he's going to dance because the guys want me to. So I don't know if the dance moves are going to get any better. But um, I know that if we keep winning, that I'm going to get tons of practice. You never know, guys. I mean, that's, this is going to happen. But, uh, we, you know, I just don't like the one guy dancing all the time. So uh, we did a little bit more team dancing after this win. And who knows? There's always country line dancing for the next one. So we'll see what happens. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys. Thank you.
0: There's BYU head coach Kalani Satake. When we come back,
3: Kyle Whittingham.
0: And Kyle Whittingham. PK and I, we up at Kyle Whittingham's press conference Friday night. It's USC. You'll hear us ask the questions, but you hear some of the other members of the media as well. Here's Kyle Whittingham's presser
6: schematically what was BYU able to do to keep
7: Canel's nothing levels? much they had 450 plus yards and the big deal in that game is they turned it over three times to three picks that was the huge deal you know you, they still got their 450 plus ran the ball effectively 170 plus running the ball and so there was no uh, schematic uh, thing that was an obstacle the obstacle was two of the picks led to 10 points and the other one ended the game and so that was the, that was the difference in that game
2: you started off the conference 0-2 last year. You still won it. This is a big game, but next week's a big game. The week after's a big Absolutely. game and everything. So yeah. how do you balance the emotions to make sure that they're ready, but they're not overly emotional?
7: Well, that's always a challenge as, as you know, as coaches. you gotta, you got to – Keep uh, the team on somewhat of an even keel. I mean, you want to play with passion and energy and be juiced up for the game, but but you got to play within the framework of the of the uh, offense and of the defense, and and make sure that you you know you don't uh, uh, you know just uh, let your emotions get the best of you. And so that's something that that I think this team this is a mature team. You know, this team seems to handle their business very well, and. Uh, my guess is that we'll go down there and and uh, not overreact, and just you know play our game. So hopefully that's what happens.
0: Did uh, did BYU play a lot more drop eight zone stuff and Stanford more man? What was the difference in the way those two teams defended the pass?
7: Exactly that. Yeah, there was a lot of drop eight last week or two days ago, and a uh, high dose, high high dose of drop eight, and then uh, Stanford was more. Uh, man-to-man although that wasn't exclusive they did mix in some zones but but certainly more man-to-man against Stanford and, and more drop eight uh, last week. How much do
0: you like to just do what you do and how much do you let previous games inform how a team needs to be defended?
7: I think it's a, com- uh, a combination of the two I mean if if somebody has struggled with something you want to you know if you don't have it in your package already you implement it and see if they can handle it. I mean it's uh you know, it's the age-old thing where if, you know, it's just like our offense, we haven't hit movement very well, and so people keep doing it. And until we handle it, they'll keep doing it. And so uh, you can draw upon, you know, things in, in each game that, that uh, you can utilize if it, if it fits what you're doing. You, can't, you don't want to just wholesale change because of it, but if it's something that you have in your scheme already or, or something close and you can, uh, you know, try to test them out again and see if they've uh, got their problems fixed, then, then you do that if that makes sense.
5: With the next two weeks being an air-raid offense, I mean, what, what challenges does that present to, to your defense?
7: Well, uh, Washington State's still a different animal than, than USC. You know, when you talk about uh, the run-pass ratio and that type of stuff, you know, SC's much more balanced. But, uh, you know, the thing that creates the problems is those three wide receivers. I mean, those guys are really good, uh, you know, 6'8 and 21. Those guys are as good a crew, I would think, as anyone in the country. Maybe the best in the country as far as just sheer ability, and so that that presents a challenge. The running back runs hard. They got two. They use the Malpey kid more so than the Carr kid, but but uh, they're they're they got weapons. I mean, their offensive line is you know the usual the usual guys. They big strong guys up front. They're athletic.
5: Coach, are you expecting to be full strength on your offensive line this week?
7: We hope so. I was hoping that, we were hoping that last week and and just weren't quite ready uh, for a couple of the guys to play, but uh, another week you know, of healing and hopefully and neither of those guys played a snap last week. We're talking about Johnny Maia and Orlando Yamana and so we hope to get those guys back. And then uh, Tyler Huntley's completing 78% of his
5: passes. How much yeah. is that just um, him making the right decisions and how much credit goes to the receivers for holding? none of those passes
7: too. Both. And, and also credit for the O-line for, for holding up in pass protection most of the time. We, we don't have a sack yet but we very well could have and sh- probably should have had a few. But uh, it's a matter of Tyler uh, making good decisions. It's a matter of the receivers. There's been very few drops and um, but the drops he's had, I mean, those were the catches we should have made. If we make all the catches we should have made, he's probably over, you know, way over eighty percent. But that, I guess, you never catch every ball you should. You should catch. But, but uh, he's been just phenomenal. Uh, you know, haven't done a ton of throwing. You know, averaging about what eighteen a game or something like that. So, but uh, the real key is, is he has really embraced what we're doing offensively. Him and Andy really are on the, on the same wavelength.
0: You, you've always described USC as the benchmark. At least in the South, if not the Pac-12. What's mm-hmm. it been like for eight years to try to rise to that standard?
7: Yeah, it's challenging. I mean, they have uh, you know they have their pick of the litter down there in Southern Cal, a fertile recruiting ground that. Uh, that uh, you know they can really draw about a 30-mile radius around their campus, and that's where they recruit and get all the guys. For the most part, I mean, there's some some uh, imports, but but uh, it's it's been challenging, and I think we've we we've, you know, we've held our own. I don't, I couldn't tell you what the series record is. It's probably pretty close to even. What is it? Three and five. Three and five. Not not quite even. So so we've uh, you know we've made progress. We're certainly more equipped now to to compete with them than we were back in '11 when we came in the league. I can tell you that.
0: And of those four trips you've made to the Coliseum, is there a moment that stands out?
7: Uh, yeah, several moments. Uh, you know, throwing three interceptions to the same linebacker a couple years back. And and uh, uh, let's see, the, the first time down there we had a field goal that, I don't know if it would have tied it or won it. I think it would have tied the game. and we, Yeah, that got botched. And so... Um, Uh, Yeah, there's been some, not a lot of pleasant moments, but some unpleasant moments I can remember.
0: Kyle, I realize you weren't there for most of it, but do you bring up the fact that it's been over 100 years since Utah's won a game at USC?
7: No, no. I guess everyone's entitled to a bad decade or a bad century. (laughs) Bad century. So, so, uh, this game... Fortunately, in our opinion, it has nothing to do with the past 100-plus years. I mean, it's its own entity. It's a new challenge. It's, you know, History hasn't been good to us in that place, but we don't feel it has any bearing on this year. And then, I know you don't talk about injuries, but to anticipate Julian Blackman didn't play last week? We sure hope so. Yep, we sure hope so. Again, we, we had uh, four or five guys that were question marks for last game. One or two of them played, and the others didn't. But we hope we get them all back. We'll just see how the week goes.
3: You mentioned their uh, wide receivers very talented. What have you seen from their quarterback? He's young, you know, un- pretty much untested. But what have you seen from him so far?
7: Very composed, uh, you know, for a true freshman. You know, being thrust in there in the situation he's in, um, been impressed with how he's handled his. He's throwing the ball well. His efficiency rating is approaching 170, which is very good uh, for anybody, let alone a freshman. And. Uh, you know, he hasn't made a a, a ton of bad decisions. He did. We did. Have, they did have the three interceptions last week. And but uh, you know, there was some. It's just a a matter of him, uh, you know, settling in and, and continuing to gain confidence. But he's got all the tools. You know, he's got he's 6'2", and he's got a good arm, and he's he's uh, well. You can tell he's well coached in high school too. I mean, for where he's at right now, he was, he was came in uh, pretty advanced as far as his uh, level of play.
0: Kyle, USC is giving up 409 yards a game. That's a pretty big number. You talk about how they have all the athletes Mm -hmm. that they traditionally have. How come they're giving up so many yards at this
7: point? Well, uh, I don't have a great answer. I mean... uh you know, they, they do have good players. I mean, Jay Tufelli, a right? a homegrown kid right here, is, is playing tremendously well and the, the safety, Tufanga, that uh, we recruited very heavily. So they got good players. Um, I don't have a great answer as to why they haven't been as efficient as they probably would have liked to have been. I don't, can't help you there.
0: Coach, I know both teams are in the same boat, but what are the biggest challenges you have with a short week like this?
7: Uh, well, fortunately for us, We've played less snaps than anyone in the Pac-12 through the first three weeks. And so there's less wear and tear. And that's that's one of the benefits of not playing fast is there's not as much wear and tear on your players. And that's that's something that matters. You know, people say that doesn't matter. It does matter. And, you know, you get down to week 10 and we've played 600 snaps of offense and someone else played 850. I mean, that's a lot. That's another two or three games worth. And so, uh, you know, so that in that case, in that, you know with that in mind the, the short week you know we don't feel as as, as uh is a huge deal for us because, at least from a physical standpoint, it's more getting getting the game plan implemented and getting the, the mental part of it down. Because even last week against Idaho State, uh, the starters barely played you know half the game, most of them. So, so we feel pretty fresh, and that the physicality of the first three games will not be a factor in this fourth game. It'll be it'll work in our favor, but but you still got to get the new game plan elements implemented and, and repped in practice. That's the bigger challenge first time
5: in four years that six Pac-12 teams are ranked. Is that are you kind of pleased with
7: the depth of this
5: conference is being rewarded?
7: I don't really care about the depth. I care about us. And so it's nice to see, I guess, that we're getting national recognition, but but uh, we just got to, you know, we got to go through our schedule and play them all and, and uh, don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the rankings until you get to about mid-year, in my opinion, you don't have a great perspective. And I've said that over and over, and I think that's probably why the, the college football playoff committee doesn't start until around mid-year, because it takes some time to, to get things sorted out. And so, But for at this point in the season, to have six ranked, that's yes, that's a positive for the conference.
2: For years when you were in the other conference, What's with the Shades? I just your future is so bright. Okay, <laughs> I right.
7: Set myself up for that one. All right. Did
2: you for years. Train of thought. No, no, never. Oh, okay. okay. For years. <laughs> you're <laughs> when you're in the other two conferences. If you had a game like this, it was such a big deal for exposure and recruiting. Well, now you're in the Pac-12 and you have several of these. This is a Friday night though, and no other games are on. So, how much of it's a big deal for exposure and recruiting compared to like where it used to be?
7: Yeah, it certainly matters. It matters a great deal, and, and uh, you're right. We're under the spotlight this Friday, and and uh, you know, pretty just just like. Our own team, we play Saturday's game, Saturday games, we're in the hotel Friday night watching the game that's on. You know, the whole country's going to be watching. And so it's important you play well and, and uh, you know, your brand is out there and getting exposure. And, and so that's a positive, but, but like I said, you got you to gotta play well, which typically we've, you know, we've had some pretty good showings in those situations.
0: You got to play a lot of guys who are backups in the second half of that Idaho State game. Did any guys emerge or maybe really solidify in a place where, like running back, you've been using multiple guys? Uh-huh. And if so, who are those guys? So did anybody of the
7: backups give a good showing? Is that what you're asking?
0: Give a good showing and kind of change the way you'll use them going forward based on what you saw.
7: Okay, uh, good question. R.J. Hubert played very well at the safety spot in place of uh, Julian Blackman, and that was his first extensive uh, playing experience as a safety. Uh, he was predominantly an offensive player in high school, and so gained a lot of confidence in him and what he did and being able to use him uh, at either safety, really, if we need to, free or strong. Um Jordan Wilmore did some good things at running back, as did uh, you know, Devin Brumfield, and and uh, DHC got some carries. So you know they both, they, they all three ran hard and and uh, protected the football. Um, Trying to think, Simi Mawala, who's been spent the last two weeks at tackle due to the injuries, has really played well, you know, overall. And that's his—he's just a redshirt freshman, and just he was a D lineman in high school, so O line's new to him. And so he—he he, uh, proved that he can ha- hold up and and, uh, and and play good football. Um, trying to think, who else? Uh, Simi's the guy that really got the the opportunity on the O line because Paul Tawala took over for Johnny full time, where they were splitting time, so there was really no new face there. Um, uh, Samisi Luwaki. He's going to be a, a really good defensive lineman. The one that got the, the targeting call. I guess the targeting call that I, I didn't see uh, a lot there, but, but uh, he really showed up. And you know we'll probably. With the, with the glut of tackles that we have, most likely try to keep him under that five-game threshold so we can not count the year, but but he did a nice job as well. And Fua Pututau, number 50, the defensive end that is the fourth end. You know, we have Bradley and then uh, Mika and Max, then he's the next guy up, and he, he got some good reps too, so...
5: Well, on Saturday, you kind of talked about the running backs maybe not getting as much as, as you would probably hope for. How much of that is probably you know, just the, the depth of the offensive line right now, not having your starters, and, and maybe just not even opening up the playbook as much as you probably expect?
7: Well, the playbook continues to grow. I mean, I shouldn't say grow, but uh, get... Uh, Installed, you know, we're still not at 100, but but the play the playbook is uh, has been expanding each week. Um, and I just thought there were some times we could have maybe hit it a little harder in there with with those uh, those other three backs, the non Zach Moss guys, and and uh, that'll come you know, with experience and and they'll figure it out. Jordan Wilmore, especially, he's just barely out of high school, so he's he's got a lot of growth that'll take place. But but uh, we're high on those guys. We think we got a good running back stable, and and uh, a lot of those guys are young and. And uh, Mackay Bernard is also going to be a really good player. He's another guy that we're trying to, to uh, get that redshirt year for.
0: Hey, Kyle, I want to talk sex if we
7: can for a minute. Sex?
3: Uh, sex. <laughs> <laughs>
7: What do you say? Saxophone. Oh, sax. Yeah, sax. what do you think? Sax, talk sax. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Nah,
0: I can't go home. Thanks. I am going to ask you about the fact that you guys haven't given up a sack yet. Is that the O-line? Is it Tyler? Is it a combination? Combination.
7: Combination. Because, uh, like I said, there's been a handful of times that a quarterback not as athletic as Tyler would have gone down or would not have escaped. And so Tyler's done a nice job of, uh, you know, at at least – Three or four I can think of. Maybe there's five or six over the course of the, of the three games. But uh, he's done a nice job having pocket awareness and, and f- sensing the rush and feeling it and getting himself out of some jams. And uh, not only to get out of a jam and run, but he's also got out of some jams and found open receivers, which you like to see. You don't, you don't want to see a guy just scramble and automatically run. You know, It's nice to keep his eyes downfield as he's moving and, and try to find someone downfield, which he's been able to do.
0: And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Bradley and I had the three sacks a couple weeks ago. Uh He said he'd like to be the next mayor of Sack Lake City. Do you support that candidacy?
7: Yeah. I don't know who's been the mayors in the past, but Hunter Demick was the mayor. Okay. But uh, Bradley is... uh you know, it's going to take some work, but he has a chance to 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 threaten that all-time sack record here at Utah, and he's he's definitely within uh, it's within reach. But he'll have to have a, a very good year, which we hope he does, obviously. And he's he's off to a pretty good start.
3: One more
0: history question: As a child, do you have any memories of being around the Coliseum with, in the Rams days?
7: Uh yeah. Well, it was. Uh, gosh I was so young when my father played there that I don't really remember that and I wasn't a child but when he was coaching for the Rams I got to several other games down there and watching Eric Dickerson and, and that was their heyday you know when they, them and the Niners used to go back and forth and that rivalry and and so uh yeah memories in the Coliseum but not from when I was real young but uh when when I was uh you know following the Rams because my dad was coaching there
0: There's Kyle Woodingham. Before that, Kalani Sataki and Gary Anderson. Next, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.